Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 46. And I encourage you, if you, if you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in front of you. Just follow along and uh, thank the Lord to uh, bless you for it and you'll learn something out of the Word of God. If you're not getting something out of the, out of the sermon, you, you can keep reading in the Word of God and you're always going to get something when you read the Word of God no matter what. And uh, I encourage you to follow along. I might be trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Especially with this sermon because... I want to show you something. The Lord, this is a this. See this little verse there in verse forty-six. Before I get started, it's Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. I'd like to take a black marker and I'd like to just mark out all those little lines right there, and just say, "Okay, Lord, I want to cut that verse right there out of my Bible," because that's a very, very convicting verse for me personally. Lord Jesus Christ, after He talked to His disciples, He said in verse forty-six, He said, "And why call ye me?" Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. Wow. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We're so quick to call, call Him the, the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I hope you are. We say Lord, we call Him Lord Jesus, and I hope you're quick to say that, and you're not, not ashamed to call Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You better not be. That's our testimony as Christian. He's our Lord and He's our Savior. He's our Master. But why do we call Him Lord, Lord, and we don't do the things He said? I see a, a person that has some... It cracks me up every time. You, you see them, they'll have this dog, and that dog will get loose out of the fence, and that dog will be running all over the neighborhood, running around, and you'll hear that person out there yelling, come back here, whatever the spot, whatever the dog's name is, come back here right now, come back here. And that dog's not paying one lick of attention to them, running from one house to another, the dog's not paying. And they have to get in the car and go try to find that dog and everything. You know what I know about that? Is that owner thinks they have a, he th they think that dog, that dog thinks that he's their master. And I'm there to tell you that when that dog, when you call that dog and that dog don't come to you, that dog doesn't thank you, think that you're his master. <laughs> That dog, that dog might look at you like you feed it. That dog might look at you like you're taking care of it. But as soon as it gets loose, you're not his master. It's not going to listen to a word you say. Amen. And that, that's, that's in type. That's exactly what's going on with some Christians. Jesus Christ is there, and he's calling you, and he's giving you some sayings. He's wanting you to live a certain kind of life. And we're saying, oh, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. And he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Very, very convicting, convicting verse. I want to show you this morning, and we're going, go, we're going to stay there in Luke chapter 6. I'm going to show you this morning what Jesus Christ actually said. He said, why, and, and, and he says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So the question comes up, what did you say, Lord Jesus? What did Jesus Christ teach us? And so go back to verse 20. Go back, same chapter. Because he's given you, <clears throat> he gives these disciples all these sayings. He gives them the sayings and then he turns and says, Well, I call you me Lord, Lord, do not the things which I say. If we're going to claim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and you better do it if you're saved. If we're going to claim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we need to do what he says. Amen. We need to live that life that he wants us to live. And so the best place to start is go back up. It's the sermon. We call it the Sermon on the Plain. Some people call it the Sermon on the Mount. This is when he's in the plain. He gives it at two different times. And he's telling his disciples how to live life. This is basically his handbook to live in life. This is a handbook for a Christian to live life. 
Now, I know doctrinally, this is kind of like the constitution to the millennial kingdom, what it's going to be like in the millennial kingdom. Because in the millennial kingdom, the, the poor will be blessed in the millennial kingdom. The meek shall inherit the earth in the millennial kingdom. And those things are true, but this is a different time that he's talking about. I mean, this is a different uh, time of, 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 Christian, of Jesus Christ's ministry when he's preaching these words. And he's talking about sayings. And he's giving good living advice. He's giving good, it'd be like going to, uh, what's that lady in the newspaper of? Uh, Always, always gives an, uh, Ann Landers, yeah, dear Abby, Ann Landers. It's like going to her and saying, well, I have this problem with my husband. He's cheating on me, and I just, you know, it's just always some kind of drama in there. Well, Jesus Christ, the Holy Bible, the Holy Scripture is the best place to go to get, get advice on how to live your life. So the Lord says, I want you to do my sayings, follow my sayings. Well, what are your sayings, Lord? They're found there in verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be the poor. Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, that's not what the world tells you. That's not what the flesh tells you. The flesh says, the world says you're blessed if you're rich. The rich are happy. And Jesus Christ said, blessed are ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus Christ, through, all through Scripture, warned about riches and the dangers of riches. The Bible says in, the Bible says in um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. When you get riches from God, those are riches that don't bring any sorrow with them. Amen. And what that proverb is talking about is that when you get a lot of riches, you get a lot of sorrow. You get a lot of problem with those riches. Uh, Dr. Rutman used to say, you, rich man stay up all night long worrying about things that a poor man never dreamed of. And what he meant by that, he said, a rich man worries about the stock market. Oh, no, uh, the Iran, Iran just bombed that, that oil vessel there in, in the Yemen, uh, you know, Suez Strait. And, oh, my, what, oil prices are going to go up and this, that, and other. And, you know, some poor guy like me, I don't care about that. I just go to sleep and, you know, get some good night's sleep. I don't worry about the stock market. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 17, there is, there is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Amen. Jesus Christ said there in uh, verse 21 of Luke 6, Blessed are ye that hunger, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Jesus Christ said, Blessed are ye that hunger. You hunger now. And of course the world's all about Hungering for things we shouldn't be hungering for. And Jesus Christ is talking about hungering for the righteousness of God. He said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. As Christians, Jesus Christ saying to us is we should be hungering for righteousness. We should be hungering to do the right things. We should be hungering to live like a, a life that Christ would want us to live. We shouldn't be hungering to be acting like the world. To be living like the world. We should be hungering to act and to live like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 6, 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Once you get a good taste, once you're hungry for righteousness, and you get a hold of Jesus Christ, you'll never hunger for righteousness again. You know you got it. It's there for you to eat anytime you want. You just got to eat of it. Jesus Christ said, you got to eat of me. 
It's hit that the righteousness of God is not us. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed are ye that hunger, hunger for righteousness. Hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. The world makes a mock of sin. The world makes a mock of sin, and, and Christian weeps over sins. Why would you be weeping right now? Well, if you're any kind of Christian, you would be weeping over the sin that's in your heart. Over the sins that you've done. If you're a Christian and you've never uh, went to prayer and never cried over some of the sins you did in your life, you're no good Christian at all. You don't, you, the Holy Spirit uh, has been convicting you and you're just hard-headed. And I'm not trying to be mean to you, I'm trying to tell you the truth. You should have a heart that's broken for some of the sin that you've done in your life. Uh, the Bible's real, real plain about it that God is close to a man that has is broken hearted and has a contrite spirit. You want God to be close to you? Get broken hearted about some things. Get broken hearted about some situations you're in. Maybe some situations you put yourself in. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. The world makes a mock of sin. They laugh at sin. And we, we weep because of sin. But there's going to come a time we're going to start laughing. <laughs> and the joy we're going to have is like kids in the summertime playing in the water. That's the kind of joy we're going to have. And I can't wait to have that joy in heaven. Blessed are ye, Jesus Christ went on to say. Here's another saying. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. And when they shall separate you from their company. And shall approach you. And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Right now they don't like you because of Jesus Christ. And the world says you need to get along with everyone. That's what the world tells you. The world tells you get along with everyone. What they mean to do, what they mean for you to, what they're trying to tell you is they want you to compromise in everything you believe so everybody will feel comfortable around you. That's what they mean by that. They mean they want you to compromise in your faith. They want you to compromise, compromise in your beliefs. They want you to compromise, compromise in your righteousness because they don't feel very good around you because you're too holy. As unholy as we can be as Christians, and we can be very unholy, amen, around the world we seem pretty good. And we're cleaned up because the Lord Jesus Christ is working in us and living in us and working out of us. And they see Jesus Christ, they see the holiness in Jesus Christ, and they don't like that and they hate that. Because it's for Jesus Christ's sake that we have that holiness. Not for our own sake. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. The world tells you to get along with everybody. Verse 23. Let me tell you something about that before I go on to the next one. If you're going to get along with everybody in this world, you're going to have to be a liar. You're going to have to talk behind men's backs. You're going to have to be two-faced. You're going to have to say one thing and then say something else to somebody else. That's the only way you can do it, amen. Because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to offend somebody. You can't help but offend somebody with the truth. Now, the truth's the truth that never changes. But people don't like the truth. They don't like living in the truth. I tell you what, we're living in a wicked world. It's just getting worse. It's not going to get any better. Verse 23, Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers and for the prophets. Jesus Christ says, remember this, you're going to get hated, you're going to be treated different, they're going to not like you, but don't worry about it. Leap for joy, that just means you're doing the right thing. When you get to heaven, you're going to have all these great rewards, and you're going to be leaping for joy. Amen. But he says leap for joy right now. 
Be happy right now. Don't worry about it. You, you, you're on the right path. You got the truth, amen. Amen. We got the truth. What are you worried about? They're the ones that don't have the truth. They're not afraid to put it in your face, what they're doing and how the, the life they're living. Don't be afraid to put your faith in front of them. Amen. Don't be ashamed to carry a Bible. There was a time in my Christian life that I, I was ashamed for somebody to see me with the Bible. I was kind of embarrassed. It kind of embarrassed me a little bit. And I was going to go into a, a Whataburger and, and do some Bible study. And I remember carrying that Bible in there. And then it like, it started, I'm like, man, I hope nobody's looking at me. I hope nobody's watching me. I just felt really uncomfortable. It just, I just felt weird. And now uh, I, I, don't, I don't care one bit. I've grown out of that. I realized this is me and you can like it or leave it. This is me. This, the, I, I'm a Christian. I'm proud to be a Christian. because Not in, uh, not in a, a sinful sense, but I, I, I'm happy to be a Christian. I'm joyful to be a Christian all my life. My joy comes from Christianity, from Jesus Christ. And if you don't like it, I think you're missing out. And I'm not, change, I'm not changing a bit. As a matter of fact, I think you should change and come get what I got. Verse 24, but woe unto you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Wow. Twice, brothers and sisters, twice he's mentioned and warned about riches. And we had not gotten four verses in here. He's warning about riches. The world says if you'll get rich, you'll be happy. Don't believe them. Happiness is only going to come through Jesus Christ. Now, you might be a Christian and saved and rich, and that's possible. But trying to get rich without Jesus Christ, you're going to be very unhappy. You're going to be very unhappy because you're never, going to, you're never going to be satisfied. Verse 25, Woe unto you that are full. The world says, supersize me. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. The world mocks at us and makes fun of us and laughs at us Christians. But there's going to come a time where they're going to be weeping. Amen. And they're going, to, they're going to wish they didn't do that. Verse 26, Woe unto you. See here how he, he's... He's going into the woes now there in verse 24, 25, 26. He's going into these woes. He's talking about the blessed. The blessed are poor. The blessed are hungering for righteousness, verse 21. The blessed, you're blessed if the world hates you. See, all those, you're blessed there. But you're, he's saying, woe unto those that are rich, verse 25. Woe unto those that are hunger, that are full. They're not hungering for righteousness. They're not hungering for God. They're already full. They think they've got it all figured out. Verse 26. Woe unto you. Here's the last one. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Wow. If, if you don't have an enemy, if you don't have an enemy, that means that you're a pretty, uh, you're a hypocrite is what you are. Because you're, you're two-faced. You can't be a Christian and not have enemies. You can't be you without having enemies. Amen. Just, I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about saved or being lost. I just, just throw all that out for a second. Just you being you is going to rub somebody the wrong way. Amen. Right? I, I, I just, just me, the way I carry myself, the way I talk, the, my accent, my, the way I do my eyebrows, whatever, the way I move my mouth, the, the, my, my teeth are crooked or whatever, it's going it's to bother you. You're not going to like that. And I'm the same way with other people. There's some other people I just don't like the way they carry themselves. That has nothing to do with Christianity. And some of them are Christians. Amen. <laughs> And you say, I love them, Lord. I promise you I love them, Lord. But man, they drive me nuts. You can't do that. If, somebody, if everybody's speaking well of somebody, the Bible says to watch out for that guy. 
Because he's telling one person one thing, and he's telling somebody something else. And I'm going to tell you something else about that person. And this is the person I don't like, somebody who's politically correct. If you're politically correct, you need to get as far away from me as you can get. Because you're not going to like me. Because I'm not politically correct. And I told some guy, he was talking about me being on Facebook. I said, dude, if I got on Facebook, I'd lose all the friends I already have. I'd make them all mad. They, are, they for sure wouldn't like me then. That's the best thing about being on Facebook. Nobody knows how, big, how rude you are, you know. Nobody, nobody knows your opinion on stuff. They just assume you agree with them. Amen. So sometimes it's good just to keep your mouth shut. Nobody will know how you feel about something. And they, they'll, they'll like you. All right, now let's get to the sayings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now those are just some blessings and some woes. But these are the true sayings that's going to separate you out from any other religious faker. Be it whatever religion it is. Be it whatever teaching it is. This separates the men from the boys. This, was, this is what makes Jesus Christ who he is. These sayings, these next ten verses, listen to me, these next ten verses, they're why we're meeting 2,000 years later talking about this man that never picked up a, a sword and never had an army. These ten verses right here are why we're talking about a man that lived 2,000 years ago on a Sunday morning. Y'all got up this morning not to come in here to hear what Brother Keegan's been doing this week. Y'all came in here to hear what some guy said 2,000 years ago. Amen. This is, stuff's important. <laughs> and it's very, very, it's, it's, it's God coming down, speaking. It's very different than anything you're going to get anywhere else. That's what makes it so special. And that's why he says, he's not saying... When he says, why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and not doing the things I say? Because he knows his sayings are going to be different than everybody else's sayings. Amen. That's why he's saying it. That's why he said that. Why are you not doing what I say? Because what he says, now y'all going to understand this when we get into these sayings. What Jesus Christ says to do goes total opposite of what your flesh says to do. Amen. And the flesh, you can put the world, you can put anybody else in there. Look at the very first one. Right off the top, man. Right off the top. Verse 27. By saying to you which hear. He's saying, I'm saying to you that are listening to me. So if you're here this morning, Jesus Christ is speaking to you through the word of God. And he's saying, are you listening to me? But I say to you which hear. There's people here that, there's people here that my words are hitting their ears, but they're not listening. Jesus Christ is being read to you through this, uh, through this Bible, and, and you're here, but maybe you're not listening. And the Lord's saying, are you listening to me? Here it is. Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Amen. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Amen. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. The Lord is teaching us to kill him with kindness. The Lord is teaching us to kill him with kindness. That's a totally different teaching than you can find anywhere else. It's a godly teaching. It's a righteous teaching. Romans chapter 12, Paul said, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, Give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Amen. Kill him with kindness. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. 
I want to say something very bold this morning. I don't think it's very bold, but I think it's very true. I'm going to correct myself. But verses 27, 28, 29, you see those three verses? If we could just find a way to live those, brothers and sisters, if we could just find a way to live those three verses. Let me read them again. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. If we could just, as Christians, learn to live those sayings, can you imagine how many people we could lead to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How many people do we... Push away from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because we live the total opposite of what I just read to you. Now I know what your flesh says because my flesh says the same thing. When I get an enemy, I don't want to love my enemy. I hate my enemy. And we have a reason to hate them, amen? We have our reasons. <laughs> I'm not just... I mean, we're good. We're, we're, we tend to be decent people. We don't just wake up and say, you know what? I think that neighbor that lives three houses down the road, I think I'm going to hate them. We don't just go looking for somebody to hate. Not necessarily, amen. But they've done something to us. They let their dog get out, and their dog got out of the fence. The dog comes over there, and the dog's uh, uh, pooping in our yard. The dog gets in there and kills our cat or kills our other dog. Or they come over there, our neighbor comes over there and steals something from our front porch or something. We have our reasons. And don't ever get by that thinking, well, I have a reason, so I shouldn't have to. No. Everybody has a reason to have an enemy. That's why they're enemies. We have our reasons. But that's not what Lord Jesus Christ said. He didn't give any stipulations on any of this. He didn't give any stipulations. He said, do it. Love your enemies. But I say unto you which hear, are you listening? Love your enemies. General Lee was a good Christian man. And he didn't ever have any slaves in the Civil War. You've got to look up the life of General Lee. Very, very devout Christian man. Uh, the president of the, of the southern states, called, Davis, called him in there and he said, I want to ask you about this, uh, about this officer. And General Lee just said, this officer is a great officer. He does everything right. He's a great commander. And another officer was in the room. And the op other officer stood up and he said, uh, uh, General Lee, he said, how can you say this? Don't you know that this officer that you're speaking so well of, every chance he gets, he badmouths you and does everything he can. He's one of your worst enemies behind your back. And General Lee turned to President Davis and said, you didn't ask me for his opinion about me. You asked me my opinion of him. That's the Christian life. It's doing the right things when it's hard to do. <laughs> when it's hard to do. Now this is a tradition, and I assume it's true. I can't prove it 100%, but Leonardo da Vinci, who painted the Last Supper that's so, it's world-renowned, painting of the Last Supper. Before he started on that painting, he got into a huge knockdown, drag out, supposedly physical fight with this other artist. So what did he do? He did what one of us would do. When he got ready to paint the painting of the Last Supper, he took that artist that he hated and he painted him as Judas. <laughs> 
And they said that when you walked in, when he was painting on that painting and people were watching his progress, they said, ooh, I know who that is. You couldn't deny it. You could, it was no way. Everybody knows that artist that he was fighting with. Everybody knew they had been fighting. So he came along and he came, it came to his time to paint Jesus Christ and Leonardo da Vinci said, I can't do it. Something's not right. And he worked on it and he piddled with it and he got to looking at it and then the Holy Spirit said to him, look at Judas. Look at Judas. So Leonardo went up there and scrubbed out the face of his enemy and all of a sudden he could paint Jesus Christ perfectly. Our Lord and Savior takes this stuff so serious. Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? There was a preacher back in the Revolutionary War. I love those old preachers, man. They were real men. And he had an enemy of the church, and everybody in the community loved this preacher, but the, there was one guy, that, uh, this guy that hated this preacher. His preacher's name is Peter Miller. Hated the guy, despised him, caused trouble with the church. Everybody knew about it. Well, they arrested, this is Revolutionary War, they arrested this guy, this enemy of the church. They arrested him and said he was, he had, he was treasonous against America. So they took him from Philadelphia, Washington. George Washington was uh, sentencing to death and they were going to hang him. This preacher marched for 60 miles because he thought it was the wrong thing to do. He didn't think the guy was guilty. His enemy... He walked 60 miles. He got to George Washington. He says, I'm pleading for this guy's life. And George Washington said, I can't give you your friend's life. And the pastor said, this guy's not my friend. He's one of my worst enemies. But this isn't right. And George Washington, they said, was so took back. He said, you walked 60 miles for an enemy. I need to listen to what you have to say. So he gave him the pardon and pardoned that guy's life. Well, at that time, that guy's getting took to the gallows. So this pastor took off. He walked another, six, uh, another 16 miles to where they were going to hang him. And when he walks up there, on God's grace, that guy's being carried up to the gallows, and they're about to put the rope on him. And they said, when that guy saw that pastor come, he said, there's old Peter Miller. He's come to watch me be hung because he knows I hate his guts and he hates mine. And at that time, he walked up the gallows, and he had Washington's part in his hand, and he stuck it in that guy's hand, his worst enemy. You're pardoned. It's an amazing story. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. It says, the Bible says that Jesus Christ died for us while we were enemies. He did all that stuff while we were enemies with God. We're enemies with God, and he loves us enough to die for us. If your Lord and Savior is willing to die for you when you're an enemy... He's saying, I want you to love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. East Berlin and West Berlin. East Berlin was the communist side. West Berlin was the free side. We'd say they were the free side in, in Germany. East Berlin, the communist side, took a dump truck of, of, of garbage and they dumped it over on the West Berlin side. Just dumped it all over on them. Isn't that something that one of our neighbors might do to us? 
I don't have that bad. And now Raul's my neighbor, so I won't ever have to worry about that. But they dumped all the garbage over on their side. West Berlin took a truckload of canned goods, food, and supplies and left it over on their side. And they left a sign on all that, that food. And this is the sign they left. Each gives what he has. Each gives what he has. All you have is garbage to give us. And all we have is love to give you. Foods and supplies. See, as Christians, this is where we're totally different than anybody else in any religious system. We love those that don't deserve to be loved. We give forgiveness to those that don't deserve to be forgiven. That's what separates us out, brothers and sisters, and we need to live it. Amen. For our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He deserves it. You know what I found out as a pastor? A great truth, everybody has problems. Some are just better at hiding it than others. You know, what I, you know why it's so easy for me to sit up here and call all you sinners? Because I've been pastoring for about 16, 17 years, and I've heard it all from some of the most godly, holy Christians. I thought were so holy, I thought they had a, I thought I had a halo above their head. And they come to me, and they tell me something, and my, my, my toes curl. You did what? We're all sinners. Amen. And as a, as a pastor ministering to people, I'm talking about out, most of the time I'm ministering, you ask my wife, most of my ministry is outside of this church. Not even people that go to this church. It's amazing to me to see how easy it is for man to slip into the problems that we slip into. Longfellow said it best, and I wanted to read this because he was a poet back in the time of the Civil War around in that time. Longfellow said this, the famous poet, American poet, he said, If we could only read the secret history of our enemies, we would find in each man's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. Longfellow said, If you really got to know somebody, you might realize why they act the way they do. Some of us grew up with great dads. Some of us grew up with great moms. Some of us grew up with great environments. But Joker, you know what I'm saying, brother? There's some of us that grew up that didn't have a good environment. And you might accuse somebody of saying, well, why do they act that way? Why do they? Well, let's see how you'd act if you grew up the way they grew up. You know, most of us in here grew up, we knew where we were going to get our food every day. Some of us grew up having to dig in a trash can, literally. Some of us didn't have a roof over our heads. Some of, us didn't have, some of us had a mother that hated us. That literally hated us. Some of us had a father that hated us and did very cruel and ungodly things to us. In secret. That we would never confess to anybody. Brothers and sisters, when we get to our enemies, our enemies are the way they are because something has happened in their life more than likely. And God knows it and we don't. And we're supposed to, in the, in, the, in, the, in the spirit of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, give them the love that he gave us. Amen. Longfellow went on to say, Believe me, every man has his secret sorrows, which the world knows not. And he says, oftentimes, listen to this, oftentimes we call a man cold when he is only sad. How many people do we know that act so horrible but when you could just break it down, it's just a sad, heartbroken soul that needs Jesus Christ. 
They need to see the love of Jesus Christ. And the love he's talking about giving your enemies is not your love. It's the love that Jesus Christ can give your enemies through you. You might say, Brother Keegan, I can't find a way to love them. Yeah, you can't. You're right. You can't because you're wicked like I am. But Jesus Christ in you can do amazing things. He can love them. Allow the Lord to love them through you. Love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Verse 30. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask him not again. Have a giving heart. Be giving. Verse 31. The best, greatest advice given on life ever by any man. This is the greatest advice, simplest and greatest advice given to live life by any man that's ever walked on this earth. This has to be God manifest in the flesh. It's so simple, but it's so profound. As, and as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Amen. It's very simple. Treat people like you want to be treated. The world calls it the golden rule. I hate that. I like to call it Jesus Christ saying. Because the golden rule is he that has the gold makes the rules. That's the golden rule. The true saying of Jesus Christ are these things I'm reading to you. Those things that change the world. Loving your enemy. Giving to those that don't deserve to be given to. Blessing those that don't deserve to be blessed. Those are things that change the world. Anybody can punch back when somebody punches them. Anybody can hate when somebody hates them. Anybody can have enemies and do, do them cruel. But it takes a Christian to love those that don't love them. And to, and to do all this stuff and to give stuff that people don't deserve. Verse 32. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. Are you good to people that are good to you? You're no better than a mafia hitman. Amen. If you love those that love you, you're no better than a mafia hitman. Don't you watch those mafia movies? Oh, I love you. I love you. Come here, my man. Come here. And they, they kiss them on both cheeks. Mm, I love you. Yeah, you're, you're my man. You're the, you're the family. And they're hugging. They're getting all. Everybody loves each other. Because they love each other. There's love for one another. You're, you're my family. Guys, Jesus Christ taught us to love those that are unlovable. To give to those that don't have anything to give back. Love those that have no way to love you back. Verse 33, if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. That, that verse right there stands on its own. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. The world says you owe me. Are you doing stuff for somebody because you know they can do something else for you back? Are you giving somebody money because you say, oh, I know they can give me some money back and they're going to owe me? That's how the world treats. We don't act that way. When we give somebody something, that's free, gratis. I don't want nothing in return. It's grace. Just do whatever. It's whatever. Amen. I don't, if you can't give somebody if you can't give somebody something without having that in your heart, then don't give it at all. If you give something to somebody, give it and have an attitude like it's yours. I don't care what you do. It's yours. Free gratis. And whatever you do with it, that's between you and the Lord. Verse 35. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest. Yep. 
for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Amen. God is kind to the unthankful and unto the evil. That's our Lord, God. That's how he is. He's kind to the unthankful and the evil. You know, uh, I had this written down and I want to read it. Yeah. He says that God is kind to the unthankful. And we tend to say, well, they didn't even thank me. They didn't even thank me. We've all given something to somebody and they're ungrateful and they're unthankful. And they don't even thank for it. You know what God says about that? God says, well, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Well, they won't thank me. Do it anyway. Because I'm watching and I'll thank you. You know, the Bible says if you lend to the poor, it's like lending to God. Amen. It is. And we're going we're gonna to close up here, guys. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Now that verse right there is used against us as Christians because anytime we try to talk about sin and we try to talk about something somebody's doing wrong, they'll say, well, judge not, judge not, judge not. The Bible says judge not. And they don't get what that means. What that means is people, what Jesus Christ is teaching in those verses, verse 37, is teaching two great truths. And actually this verse 37 is tied to verse 31, which is, and as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. And what Jesus Christ is teaching, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. People will treat you just how you treat them. That's what he's teaching you. But what he, the context of that is this. People are going to treat you just like you treat them. But the context, brothers and sisters, is God is going to treat you just like you treat people. Now that should be a scary thought. That's the context of that verse. All through the Bible, it tells us to judge. <laughs> this don't have anything to do with judging. He's warning you that if you're going to judge, you better be careful because you're going to be judged. And if you're going to condemn, you better be careful. Somebody's going to condemn you. And if you're not going to forgive, then somebody's not going to forgive you. And what the context of that is, if you're going to be judgmental to some sinner that's dealing with some kind of sin in their life, you're going to be very judgmental to them, God's going to be judgmental to you when you start committing your sin. And if you're going to condemn some poor sinner that's trying to deal with alcohol or whatever sin they're dealing with, some big sin that they're, they're, they can't, whatever it is in their life, God's going to condemn you when it comes to you. He's going to be harsh on you. Now listen, if we can learn to forgive, he'll forgive us. If you're going to be unforgiving, mm-mm-mm. Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. These are the things he says. Now, he, he finishes off in verse 38 with the, great, with the great truth. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You need to give. A Christian should be known as a lover of his enemies and a giver. That's it. You love your enemies, and you're a giving person. You can win the world to Christ that way. Be giving and loving. Giving and loving, not to the people that love you, loving to your enemies. Not giving to the people that can give it back, giving to the people that can't give it back. Amen. Giving and loving, you will change the world for Jesus Christ. But look what he says there. There's a promise in there. 
Read verse 38 one more time, and, and there's a promise in there. Give, and it should be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? He didn't say God, he said men. Brothers and sisters, if you can learn to be a giving Christian, other men, other people are going to take care of you and give to you. Ronnie pulled me over to the side the other day. Why, why Joker give me that gun? <laughs> Brother, <laughs> you give about half everything you have to everybody else. Let everybody come to his house and invade his house. Brother Ronnie and Sister Linda Hoggett are one of the most giving people I've ever been around. And then Ronnie wants to pull me over the side. Why don't he give me that gun? Well, why do you think? That's a Bible verse coming. To, it's right there, brother. <laughs> You're going to give, they're going to give to you. You're going to be loving, they're going to love you. Amen, Amen guys. That Christ is telling us this. This isn't just for other people. This isn't just for our enemies. This is for you. These teachings of forgiveness and loving and giving, these things are not to help your enemies and those that are poor. These things help you. Amen. Unforgiveness is a cancer. It's a, it's a, it'll eat you up. You need to get rid of that. Amen. That bitterness, that hate. You need to get rid of that. And he's teaching you if you'll love your enemies, not only will your enemies be loved, but you'll have that love in you and it'll work out of you. Now, I want to close, because there's some hard preaching right there. and It is pretty hard preaching on these sayings, because the Lord's real hard about it. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I'm going to read you this poem in closing. Now, I read you, about, I read you a couple of sayings by Longfellow, the, Amer the American poet. He's a real famous poet. A lot of people don't know his backstory. Longfellow had a wife, and... Uh, her dress caught on fire. This is scare you ladies in this morning with the dresses. <laughs> her dress caught on fire. Evidently, she was doing something with some wax in the other room for her, one of her children, and her whole dress caught on fire. You know, this is back in the day where they had those big old dresses. It caught her on fire, and she came screaming and woke him up. He was taking a nap and woke him up. He come out, and he tried to put, her, put out the fire, but she burned to death. She, burnt, she died a, about a day or two later. His whole face got burned because he tried to, first he tried to put blankets on her, then he tried to cover them up with himself, and he got burned. And she, just, she died of the burns. So he lost his wife. And he's very bitter about it. And he, said, he, told, he wrote to a friend. He said, maybe someday God can do something to heal my heart. And then he had an older son that went off to the Civil War. And he got the letter. He got the uh, letter that his older son had been shot. And that he was about to die. So him and his other son, they ran. And they ran to this son. And when he was running to his son and he got there, they didn't know if his son was going to live. And they were getting different reports. And it was around Christmas time. And he heard the bells going off. Dong, dong, dong for Christmas. And he sat down and he wrote this poem. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. He says it's always been going on. We've always been singing that. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. He said we're always singing that. He said, and in despair, in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, 
goodwill to man. He has a son laying there, been shot by an enemy. He's brokenhearted. Then pilled, listen guys, then pilled the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong should fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to man. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to man. Good Longfellow is saying in this poem, he's saying, no matter what tragedies come in, no matter what's going on, God's not dead, and it still goes on. That's why we got grace and peace and love and joy, is because no matter what, the Lord is alive. The Lord is alive. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know we're just wicked sinners. We don't deserve anything to do for us. But Father, we thank you anyway, Lord, that you're so merciful. You're so wonderful, Lord God. And Father, thank you for coming and saving me when I was your enemy. And thank you for dying on the cross while I was your enemy, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, for, Father, for your words and for these sayings. Lord, help us to take them to heart. Lord, there is no way some of us can love our enemies. There's no way I can love my enemies. You're going to have to do it for me, Lord Jesus. There's some times I don't have the forgiving heart. I don't have the grace not to judge. I don't have the grace not to condemn, Lord. You're going to have to live it through me and give me the grace. Give me the love. Give me the forgiveness. Through your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray if there's any Christian that's dealing with these and has a hard time living it, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit who give them the strength, Lord, just help us to live it, that you'll be glorified out from us, and that people will see you in us. And Lord, we want to live this for you so other people will want what we have. And we want to come to you, Lord. It's all to bring them to you. It's nothing for us, Lord. It's nothing to glorify us, Lord. It's nothing to make us look like goody two-shoes or to be righteous, Father. We know we're not righteous. Lord, we're just doing this because we want people to think really good of Jesus Christ. We want people to come to Jesus Christ. And Father, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know where they're going to go, if they were to die tonight, Lord God, I just pray they'll come on down the aisle and get saved and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I thank you for that salvation, Father, so simple that a child can take it. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but verse 17 and 18 he went on to say something interesting for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world 
but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.